We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. IB Nation Sports Talk is up and rolling along with Vince D'Addario, Sean Styers. It is Monday. How was your Sunday, Vince? I know how your Saturday was. How was your Sunday? <laughs> uh, Sunday was good. It was the uh, last week of the youth basketball league for the daughters. So okay. don't have to spend three or four hours doing youth girls basketball on Sundays anymore, which is fantastic. Uh, it wasn't good when I got home and I got to watch the Bears lose to the Lions by a point because they <sighs> missed an extra point. Missed an extra point. It's brutal. Stires. And I know you're not in a great mood because of the NFL either because they had the game in hand and then they let. Well, yeah. I mean, the start and the finish of that one on our stupid TV, it, I, I, it's not our market's fault, but the Bills-Vikings uh... goes – Bills Vikings goes overtime. That wasn't even the game that, you know, Bears, the Bears Lions was the game that was on TV in our market. Right. It ended a little early. So they flipped over to Bills Vikings. That game ends up going overtime, but they kept it in the national window. So in the meantime, so like they wouldn't switch off it, even though Cowboys Packers was the game, you know, that was yeah. the national game and was supposed to be on. So, you know, I've got my Sunday ticket, so I flip. I'm like, well, I'll just flip over to the Sunday ticket channel and watch it. They wouldn't open the channel in this market. Because it's blacked out. Wow. Right. It, right. And But even though they were force-feeding us, this other game that was supposed to be on in that window. So, wow. And so you then obviously. The of the game. Yeah, so I didn't get to see the beginning of the game. It ended horribly. They choke a 14-point lead away. Yes, yada, yada, did. yada. So it was. Yeah. You know, and then. You know, on top of that, it's like, you know, we had daylight saving time last week. So we had time change. And then I went, obviously, to St. Louis for the women's basketball game Saturday, which, you know. Central. was Which was central time. And then we got back at 1 a.m., you know. So, like, I felt like I was hungover most of yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't touch a drop either. Oh, that's funny. How you doing? How you doing? Uh By the way, they took the band. The Notre Dame took the band to St. Louis, you know, for this Shamrock Classic and all that stuff. They took the band and the cheerleaders and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm at the women's basketball game. And before the game, I'm walking right by where the band sits, you know, kind of mm-hmm. at the end of the court behind yeah. one of the baskets. And I'm walking and 
this guy looks at me and he goes, hey, Irish breakdown, right? Huh. This, this kid in the band. And I, and I, I, I kind of, I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, mm, I'm a little surprised because that's the first time someone has actually recognized me in public specific to Irish breakdown. Little, little you know, double take. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, do you listen? And, you know, he's like, yeah. And I, I didn't realize that we had, you know, Notre Dame students who actually listen yeah, to watch the show. I didn't think about it for whatever reason. But yeah. he's like, yeah, there are a bunch of us. And he said, thinks the, you know, like the band director watches and, and all this. He's obviously watching YouTube because he knew me by face and everything. So <laughs> that's and awesome. Then, so uh, shout out to Brandon and the guys in the Notre Dame band over there. That's that's uh, the guy that I talked to. Thanks to you for listening and, you know, any other students who might be listening and watching as well. Then he DM Jesse the other day as well and he said hey i saw your dad tell him rock chalk by the way so rock chalk jayhawk kansas ku that's awesome yeah that so, is awesome good to see you brandon you made my day <laughs> we span we span the generations sean styers we span the generations not only with our staff because ryan is such a young pup and jesse's such a young pup that's you right know, and, and all the way up to us it was we're not and uh yeah and then our our listeners we got them all we got them all over man it's fantastic. everywhere i love it that's it, right that's it right never i never get used to people saying hey what's up like when we're walking up to the stadium or, <laughs> uh -huh. or something like that i it's still the weirdest feeling ever somebody came up to me at the girls basketball game the other day i'm in the stands they're like hey vince right i'm like Yep. <laughs> awesome to talk to people. It's really, That's really funny. cool. But it's just really strange. It's still very strange. So That's right. just, you know, you're sitting there in your office. I'm sitting here in my office. I talk to my laptop and, you know, you kind of forget that there's actually people that give a crap about what we have to say, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So very really cool. cool. So, you know, whether you're at Notre Dame or wherever you are, just hit that like button right now. Yes. If you would. Right. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube and then rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on your podcast platform. Great to have you with us on this Monday. It was a head-scratching weekend, and I know That's you've fair. been through some of it. Now, are you doing upon yeah. further review tonight as well? 8 o'clock. Doing a double take again. Okay. Yep. 8 o'clock. Right. So I got a half-hour window, basically, to shovel in some dinner. Yeah, depending on how long we go tonight, right? <laughs> and then it's right back at it, and Brian and I will be back, and we'll do a little – little film study, and I can promise you we are not going to be talking about the Notre Dame defense tonight. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Notre Dame offense. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about defense either yeah. because, you know, like, <laughs> it's it's triple option, right? right. Never going to see it again until next year. And were there some issues? Yeah. The biggest thing is what you just hit because of, like, guys like Junior Tui Alamaka and Prince Kali and Gabe Rubio and some of these younger guys who faced sure. it for the first time who will be back next year. Hopefully that was a valuable learning experience for them. Now, from a schematic standpoint, like, I don't understand blitzes against triple option. You know, like, that's, that's the one thing, you know, from the top that needs to be corrected. Yeah. But other than that, Live and learn, and it's not the defense that that we're concerned about. It wouldn't have been the offense, right? I mean, looking at yeah. the first half. No, no. That's not the way it turned out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, I was... I was praising drew pine and tommy reese and the offense in general for the way things were going uh in the first half no doubt about it it was like hey you pretty much have all your articles written everything is kind of set in stone i was counting my money with the bets that i had made like it was fantastic and then it all went away notre dame was my only loss on my parlay i mean you know it's like rough man rough yeah well it's funny. I did a parlay, all money lines. And I, you know, I should learn, you know, there's a reason. <laughs> Basically, I went through and I picked all these favorites mostly. I picked two underdogs, but I, you know, it was an eight leg parlay. And okay. Notre Dame was actually one of them, but I was picking all money lines. I wasn't picking oh, okay. spreads or anything. Okay. And I was playing it safe. And I like, I kept going because I'm picking all these favorites. And I'm like, I want this to pay me something if I, if I bet. Yep. And of course, what happens? I think Oklahoma. West Virginia, I missed, and Oregon, Washington, I ended up missing. Oh, okay. So you missed a couple. Yeah. I, I can't remember how many legs my parlay was, but it, it inevitably it's more than one that usually wrecks a parlay for me. But in this case, it was just Notre Dame. And I did take Notre Dame in the points, and maybe that was my mistake. But at halftime, they were up 22. And we'll I was address feeling- that. We'll address you and your your affinity for the points in rapid fire. I, I do have that? an affinity. Do have an affinity for the points? There's no doubt about that. Here, hold on. Right. Here, it's right here. I just want to see. Okay, so, and this would have been a big one too. I had plus sixty seven ninety one odds. Okay, sixty seven ninety one odds. Wow, that's a lot of odds, and I only bet five bucks. Right, Arkansas plus five, Ole Miss plus eleven, TCU plus seven. Clemson minus seven, Tennessee minus 19, and Notre Dame minus 16 and a half. It's the only one I missed. I would have won a lot of money. You were looking good for a half. You were looking good for a half. Like I said, I'm counting my money. Yeah. I'm counting it. And yep, that's what I get. And that's what I get. Ken Niamatololo took it right back, is what he did. Oh, Ken. <laughs> Ken. Ken. So, I mean, Drew Pine, his first <laughs> half would have been he he has five total touchdowns yeah. in the first half 14 yes. for 16 234 yards his 234 yards in the first half would have been the third highest passing total for a game in his career 234 yeah. yards in the first half and then oh half of Notre Dame's six second half possessions go for negative yards for starters only one of them lasted longer than three plays. And even it went for minus one net yard when it was all said and done. And in the entirety of the second half amounts to 20 plays for 12 yards. 
Pine's second half stat line basically looks like a bad possession, not a whole half. It looks like a bad possession. Three for five, 35 yards and an interception. And of course, the interception on another batted ball. It's like, I just, I, 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 I don't know, Vince. I don't know. I, I know you guys have sort of like pounded your heads already this weekend, so maybe you're over it a little bit more. This is the first oh, I'm not time I've actually it. got a chance to vocalize it. So. Oh, no, 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 no. I am not over it. And you, normally we do the upon further review on Sunday night, but Brian was feeling under the weather, so we're doing it tonight. And so usually that's where I'm able to kind of get out some of my frustrations or whatever. Uh, but in the batted ball, I actually do not have a problem with because it was an unblocked blitz. And the and kid jumps jumped up and, you know. Like, Ten, right. I mean, he jumped high in the air, like. But he's also not, smart enough to know that hey, if I jump, you know, I'm, I'm probably no. going to have a chance at this. Hundred so. percent. But I think that happens to just about anybody, unless you pump yeah. fake them or you know do something along those lines, and then you're possibly taking a sack at that point. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the batted ball. The rest of it, though, it. it I mean, it's ridiculous. And I, I caught. I, I was feeling. I was feeling pretty good at halftime. I was feeling myself pretty good because I said that I would just want Pine to go like 180 yards for the game. And I got a lot yeah. of flack from people in the chat about that. And he was 234 yards in the first half. I was like, okay, let's go DP. Like I'm feeling good about it. And then he only adds 35 yards to it in the second half. And, and it was, I mean, his overall line is not terrible. If you just look on paper, right. right. I mean, but the fact that he took five sacks, which you know were basically pass attempts, that yeah, that alters that. <laughs> it, it absolutely does, and he can't. I didn't. I haven't looked at all five of them, you know. But you know, not all of them were his fault. But at the same time, you've got to get rid of the ball, man. You've got to get rid yeah. of the ball. You know, and, and that's just yeah. to say. At the same time, there has to be plays called that you can get rid of the ball, checkdowns, and those kinds of things. So I mean. It's a double-edged sword. Don't get me wrong. It's a double-edged sword, but he brought some of it on himself. I mean, he went from having his best half of his career to the worst half of his career. It was just bizarre, and I guess Weird. it's because of the unique Navy looks, you know, but it's like all of a sudden, he it, it, was, it was like he went from reading English to Greek, you know, like he had no idea what he was looking at, apparently. Yeah. yeah. It, all because it was cover zero, I guess. Right, and he deserves so. all the criticism in the second half but he also deserves a lot of praise for the first half. And so somehow you meet in the middle. I mean, well, it's just, but I don't the want to say he is deserves there. all the criticism and we'll get into splitting, well, you know, like, like who deserves what, but like on the one play that you, you mm -hmm. were talking about, I think like when he was, when, when Braden Lindsay was downfield and, and open, now it's a deep route for one, but you know, it's like one thing you got it. You, you got it. You know, I haven't been a quarterback, but as a quarterback, you have you got to have that clock in your head. It's like 1,001, 1,002. By the time it hits two, that ball's got to be out gotta when be. you're facing Especially that. When they're but Michael Mayer high. also whiffed on a block on the backside. On also that. true. So At 100%. They did not, They you know, and, and Marcus Freeman, yes, he was making excuses for the play calling and, and all of that, and that's what he does. We've learned that as much. We've learned, we've learned that much about Marcus Freeman. He is not going to throw his coaches under the bus, okay? And he doesn't throw his players under the bus right. either. Still, you know, to absolutely. His I mean, so. they they moved the the protection the wrong way one time. I mean, I can't remember everything that he was saying, but he basically said we didn't execute. That was his. That's his thing. They didn't execute right. And to a degree, he's absolutely right. And Derek says Diggs didn't help. There was one time where he whiffed on a block. There was another time he got blocked into Pine. 
that can't happen either. You know, I mean, there's right. a lot of moving parts, obviously, when we're talking about a football game and we're talking about them just bringing heat and, and give Navy credit, man. They doubled down on bringing heat. They're like, hey, we're either going to go down with the ship, bringing the heat, or we're going to get back into this game. And, and they got back they in got the game. Back, they got back into the game. So, yeah. you know, I, I give them a lot of credit for what they were doing. Notre Dame just didn't make them pay for it. And that's yeah. on them. So here's Drew Pine after the game. I got a couple Drew Pine comments we're going to play. I got a Marcus Freeman comment that we're going to play. Let's start with Drew Pine. Here he is after the game. You know, I think a lot of people have played us different. It's kind of how people play Notre Dame. But, you know, at the same time, they play their defense because of the way, you know, they they run the triple option on offense. So, um, you know, that's why they run that defense. I don't expect everyone to change what they've been doing all season. So, um, you know, like I said, we just got to learn and keep getting better. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to come in tomorrow and watch a film and we're going to get better. But look, we won. And, you know, we're 20th ranked team in the country and, you know, wins a win and we're like Coach Freeman said after the game was, you know, there were games earlier in the season where, you know, if we were in the same position, you know, we didn't pull through and win. And we found a way to win today. And, you know, that's what that's important. And we're going to keep building off of it. So. All right. So there you go, Vince. A win is a win. You heard him say it. You heard some more of his comments there. And Jeff asking, you know, how concerning those comments are when you hear that. So w- what do you think, Vince? Is a win a win? Of course, they're happy <laughs> that they got the win. I get it. A, a win is a win in that regard only, right? Because earlier in the season, when they played like they did in the second half, they lost. I mean, they, they lost. And so I suppose it's a step in the right direction as far as at least you walked out of there with a win. Because you could make the argument that Navy is better than the other two teams that they lost to the two of the three teams that Notre Dame has lost to this season, you could make that argument, okay? I think Notre Dame had a very miscalculation in that I don't know if they thought the Navy was going to quit or that they weren't going to keep fighting the entire game or what the what what the thought process was. But to put you know your offense in your back pocket and not just run what you've been doing and doing what you were doing in the first half and having something to combat what they were doing, it's just it's – just, unacceptable right so yes a win is important and i said this in the post game show i was anticipating that this year we would have a lot we would have had a lot of post game shows like we had on saturday where we were talking about the mistakes that notre dame made but we were talking about them with a win after wins rather than losses absolutely and so that's what saturday night felt like as opposed to what it felt like after stanford and marshall right so you do have to look at it from that point of view. They did not play well, and they still won the game. That's great. But I would have much rather had my starting quarterback go out there and say, we're not happy with the way we played. There was a lot of stuff we got to clean up. You know, you can say you were happy about one or two things, and you can name those things, but you're like, that's not good enough. That's not the Notre Dame standard. That's what I want to hear from my starting quarterback. And that's it's the standard that you're trying to achieve at this point. Now, now the win is obviously important because you still want this season. You, you want to finish what has been a frustrating first season with a first time head coach and you know all the other sure. factors that's gone with it. You want it to feel like at the end of the day, at the end of the season, that there was a net gain 
out of this whole thing, right? You want to you want to come away with some kind of positivity. This gives you no real positivity. Right. The only thing you can say is <laughs> it's a win. Yeah. You know, but even Marcus Freeman has said at different points this season when he's talked about learning curves and fixing things mm-hmm. that you can't just look at the end result. You also right. still have to look at what happened within each play, each series, and in each game and say, how do we fix that going forward if it's if there's something broken there were obviously things that were broken and like if you look at the perspective of this of this thing you had a really good first half and a horrible second half like if it would have been bad first quarter good second quarter bad third quarter bad fourth quarter and you still get the same result we would probably become a, we would probably have a little bit different feeling of this but instead what you had was 30 straight minutes of garbage, you yeah. know, where again, 20 plays, three, what was it? Three net yards. Is that what I, four? I, I don't even remember at this point. The the net yardage was, was just brutal good. when it was, it was all said and done. I yeah. Mean, it was just bad. And it was two completely, it's like they, I think I said this in the post game show, or I, maybe I had a nightmare. I'm not sure, but it, I, it was basically like, okay, they went in at halftime and then they went and found 65 guys from the parking lot. And they're like, here, have our uniform. We're done. You guys go play. Like it was, it was two completely different teams out there. And I, it's just hard for me to fathom that that was the same team in both of those halves. See, and this is like what Mike is saying. Problem is drew. You don't get better. And this is, this was start number eight for him. And he had a couple games experience last year. He had obviously a handful of plays at the end of the Marshall game. This is start number eight. These are basic things, a a lot of them, that we're talking about. Recognizing that if you're getting that kind of pressure, that ball's got to come out quick. Like I was, you know, in that Packers-Cowboys game yesterday, Greg Olson was talking about cover zero. And, you know, there was a cover zero situation. And that's what he said. As a quarterback, you've got to know the ball's got to come out now when you see cover zero because you're going to get pressure in your face quick. So as we kind of spin this around and, you know, I guess we're going to probably point fingers here in a second, but (laughs) Drew Pine is a quarterback. You know, it's like, what have you learned for the previous seven games? You've got to know at that point the ball's got to come out, you know, and they were like, you know, I'll, I'll save the rest of it for a second. But, you know, just basic stuff. The yeah. ball had to come out way quicker than Drew Pine wanted it or was even trying to get it out. You know, like you don't you don't have three to four seconds in the pocket. And that's like he thought he had that on any given play. Yeah, and that's not that's not what you have when you're when you're facing the kind of pressure right. you were pr- facing. Well, and, and and one of the things that that we talked about in the postgame show and, and Brian and I have talked about, you know, offline is that. When you're an offensive coordinator and you're sitting up in the booth and you're seeing wide receivers just burn DBs all day long, right? And you start dialing up deep balls and you dial it up and you dial it up and you dial it up because you're seeing this happen over and over. You're like, it's there. We can we can bust this thing wide open. We just have to complete it. Yeah. And you're seeing it over and over and over. But you're also seeing your quarterback take sacks or get the ball batted or not or, or overthrow it or whatever you have to change and that's yes. it and let's it's, hold that thought again because we'll we'll i've got i've got a, i've got a lot of things to okay. say about that okay. trust me i've got okay. a lot of things to say about that 
Let's hear what Drew Pine had to say specifically about the cover zero, and then we'll come back and talk about that. Played hard in the second half. Um, you know, it's tough to, you know, cover zero. We, if we have nine in protection, they're bringing 10. And um, so, you know, you just got to find a way to get the ball out and, you know, just got sacked a little bit. But, you know, a win's a win. And, you know, we fought, we fought hard all day. And, you know, it was a team win. And so, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, it's good. good. It's not good. No, it's not good. So, you know, we were just starting to get into it a little bit. Do you put this more on Reese? Because a lot of people, you know, (laughs) wanted Reese's head as soon as the game was over. Do you put more on Reese? Do you put more on Pine? Like, is it 50-50? Where where are you putting the bulk of this, Vince? It's, It's hard for me to put all of the blame on either side to be honest, because is Drew Pine a starting quarterback at Notre Dame? He is this year, okay? But he was the backup for a reason. And that's so we have to take that into account. We have to take that into account, right? You can't expect more from Drew Pine than what you're going to get. But he was responsible for five touchdowns in the first half. So, you know, was he playing above his skis? Was he just having an out-of-body experience? Well, and I think that's part of it. You know, one, they weren't showing the kind of – they weren't packing the box and just loading things up and teeing off. They They weren't weren't doing as much as they were in the second half. Absolutely correct. Yeah, did they do it sometimes? Yeah, but not the way they did in the second half. Not the way they did in the second half. Absolutely. So, is it his fault for not pulling the trigger? You know, he was able to get to his drop, and he wasn't throwing the football at times, right? All you had to do, based on what I have seen and heard about what was happening downfield, you get to your drop and just chuck it, baby, because you had guys wide open. Just chuck it, let them run underneath it. Yeah, and like the mayor pass, for example. You just need, like, you know, like that's a case of it almost looked like he, you know, he had a pretty clean pocket. Now, you know, pressure was coming, but it's just like you just put just a little more air air, under that. A little more air, and we're having a completely different conversation, to be honest with you. Because yep. that that ends the game right there. It's over, right? And yeah, and so, Derek. Just just to make sure we're we're clear, we weren't saying they were oh, blitzing no. every play in the first half. They were no. blitzing, but not every play. They were bringing right. heat. They were bringing heat, and they had right. some success with it. That's why they decided to just go all in in the second half, right? right? So it was so so. There's the fault for Drew Pine, right? You got to get rid of the ball. There's certain things that you have to do, right? But the other side of the coin is that it just didn't feel like Tommy Reese was giving him the options that he needed to be successful. There was no crossing. Well, there were crossing routes, but they were slow developing. There were no screens. There were no just dumps to the running back coming out of the exactly. backfield. There, there were things that you could do that would combat zero coverage. It, it, like football 101 type stuff that wasn't being done. It was just like, I see my guys beating their guys. We're going to keep doing this, you know? And it was very frustrating. It was like, take a shot on first down, take a sack, and then we're going to run it two more times, and then we're going to punt it. It's Every play, especially after a couple series, when they're do- when, you know, when Navy is doing this continually, every play should have had basically a no read. Okay, if you get pressure, this is where you're going right now. Like, like and, and really, that's, you know what I mean? Like, like and that's just, a slant, you know, because like, you know, again, like if you want to put some of it on Pine, there was a sack that he took where Lorenzo Styles comes off. He's he's lined up on the right, 
He's, you know, sitting there in a quick slant. It looks like Drew Pine is looking right at him. Now, there are two more receivers to his outside. So he's either he's looking in that direction. He's either looking outside or he's looking right at Styles. He's probably looking outside, but Styles is right there. He's got a, a clear lane to him. All he, it's, you know, it's like you could almost reach out and touch him, it seems like. Yeah. But every play just needed, you know, this is this is your hot route you know yeah. if if you're getting pressure you're going here right away you know a one read not even a yeah. read it's like this is where i'm gonna go that's coaching know? yeah I yeah mean, that that has to be and that can be communicated from the box absolutely right? yeah absolutely even if you're not getting it on the first drive you talk on the phone every time you know hey this is what we're gonna do make sure you're hitting the hot route well, or whatever that's that, that part is coaching and the other thing is like what you were saying you know sometimes there were open you know, short, you know, running stops, dig some slants, whatever. But, you know, again, Pine didn't throw to him. But if they're rushing eight and nine guys and they're, you know, and they are in zero coverage, which they were, that means that every receiver is matched up one-on-one -on -one with somebody. They're playing man-to-man. -man, and there's a reason that Navy was giving up, you know, to Navy's credit, they were only giving up 88 rushing yards per game. But they were also giving up 275 passing yards per game. And there's a reason why. Every every one-on-one -on -one matchup on that field on the outside is advantage Notre Dame, 100% yes. of the time. And Absolutely. just what you said, all he's got to do is throw it in that direction. Correct. That's yes. it. No doubt. And you that's, can't hold on to the ball. It is that simple at times. I mean, it's that simple, right? And he connects on one of those. It's game over, right? And, and Navy has to take the pressure back. You connect on two of those, they're definitely taking the pressure back, right? You yeah. have to force them to stop doing what they're doing and Notre Dame didn't do that and that's period. that's the thing how many how many series does it take before Tommy Reese simplifies things for the quarterback and, you know and just brings it down to the lowest denominator that's really all you had yeah. to do all you've got to do is have a conversation on that sideline with with the headset and the phone about you know those simple things how can I make this as simple as possible for a guy who obviously is struggling yeah, out there. And, absolutely. you know, again, I get the answer or, or I, I get the fact that, that Pine was struggling and he had to get the ball up. But Reese's answer is almost always go to more tight ends. Like, you know, it's like, let's put more tight ends on the field. And what do tight ends do? What do more tight ends do? Especially the way they were using them. Like when they were doing 13 personnel and sometimes 13 with Jaden Thomas, you know, who... Dan Orlovsky didn't call a tight end, thankfully, but who other announcers have called a tight end and called it 14 personnel. It's basically st it's still 13 personnel with a big wide receiver lined right. up as a tight end. But what happens in those situations? You're bringing more guys into the box, and you're already struggling to defend the box because you've got more bodies there. Yeah. You need to get bodies out of the box is what you need to do, not put more tight ends on the field and put them in the box. Because obviously you can have 12 and 13 personnel if you're going to split the you know the tight ends out right. as receivers. Because it's again, fine. like just look at the simple math. And look, I'm not good at math. I've you know, I've always been very upfront of that about that. But fortunately, football makes it very simple. There are only 11 guys on each side, you know, so the math is pretty simple out there. If I'm going 13 personnel with a wide receiver and a running back, that means 10 defensive players versus nine potential blockers. The way that the way that they were employing, 
you know, those those extra tight ends and 13 personnel. They were lining up all the tight ends as extra blockers at the line of scrimmage. The numbers were never going to favor doing that. But but that was the answer most of the time is to bring more in. It's not just throwing more numbers at the line of scrimmage. It's how you manipulate the defensive personnel and manipulate the numbers in the box with your own offensive personnel and how you line it up. Because if you want fewer guys rushing and and clogging up the running lanes, bringing in more receivers and spreading the formation out, that's the answer. So like, let's say you go 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers. You split out all three receivers. You split Mayer, who would be the tight end in that situation. You split him out as well. That's five out of the box. That means that the most Navy can commit to the box is going to be six because you've got guys, you know, because you've got guys spread out all over the field. You can't, if you can't protect the quarterback with Notre Dame's five offensive linemen and a running back in the backfield, good luck to you the rest of the season because it's like, like you, you should be able to protect with that. And, and in fact, the very last offensive play that Notre Dame ran, they actually did that. It was third and 17. They split it out. There, so there, you know, so there were, I think there were like five guys in the formation. They threw that that quick little screen to Lorenzo Styles behind Michael Mayer blocking. What's he do? He picks up seven yards because, you know, again, there was virtually no pressure and they've got guys spread out. They completed a quick, easy pass and they got seven yep. yards out of it. But that was the last play they ran because they ended up punting after that. Right. And then even 21 personnel. You know, you start with both running backs in the backfield, so now you have a tight end, two wide receivers split out, and now you have eight in the box, but then you can motion Tyree out of the backfield, drops it down to seven, you know, and again, when you start out, now there was a couple times when they would have, I couldn't tell on TV if it was 22 or 21, but there were two backs, but like they started off with Tyree as a wide receiver, so at least he's out, but I mean, in terms of, again, manipulation and making the defense you know actually have to think a little bit and have to do something if you start with those guys in the backfield and then motion one out it does a couple things one it takes a guy another guy out of the box and then that can also become your you know your hot receiver basically you know which which they did none of all these little simple things you know and then like 10 personnel so you know whatever groupings that you want them to be you know, it's harder for Notre Dame with the wide receivers, so you're mostly going to have tight ends and, and running backs out there. But what happened when they ran 21 at the in the first half, Vince? Touchdown pass exactly. to Chris Tyree. Right, yeah. and it wasn't even a screen. It was just he leaked out, he threw it to him. Like, that, that was it. I mean, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even that well drawn up. I mean, it was just my guy's better than your guy, and he's going to be wide open, and he was. I mean, it's just – and you can't just say Pine sucks, okay? <laughs> because he had a really good first half. And that's the thing. And he's had other good, you know, he had a stretch of three right. good games or at least two and a half good games to start his career. Was he bad in the second half? Yeah, he was. Was he really good in the first half? Yeah. he. If he repeats his performance in the first half that he had in the second half, that means he's responsible for 10 touchdowns and he throws for 500 yards, okay? That's a really good day at the office, all right? Being responsible for five touchdowns and throwing for 250 yards, it's a pretty good day at the office. Yeah. It just so happens he did it all in the first half, right? So you can't you can't just you can't just be that guy that says, "Up, oh, Pine sucks. I told you all along." <laughs> Look, 
<laughs> he is a backup. I, you're not going to hear me say otherwise, right? But if you use him correctly, he can be very effective. He was going through reads. He was accurate as all get out in the first half. I mean, he was doing everything that you needed a quarterback to do in that game in the first half, period. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. You, it, It's just, it's irresponsible and it's lazy just to say Pine sucks. Okay, because he was two different dudes on Saturday. He's really he good. Was. And he was really bad. And I guess, you know, like when we get back to the original question, is a win a win? It's like you just. You know, again, it's it, it's like they came out of the locker room and they kind of thought they could just milk the clock the second half or something, you know, right, like, right, right. Like I was one of the, I was, I was joking. Somebody said this to me when I went to the press conference today, one of the, one of the other guys, uh, you know, in the, uh, on the beat, he, he was like, you, you, you probably could have just taken a knee every time. And it's like, from a, from a strategic standpoint, you would have been better off because you know, you don't risk interceptions and that's true. Just, and that's that is, that that's, that's almost it's not like it, it so it's not like that's exactly what they wanted to do but again it, like we were praising them last week against Clemson for the kill shot and you know leaving no doubt yeah. you know the touchdown pass to Mayer and all those things and they just came out with such a different approach you know so it's it's again it's not just Drew Pine playing bad he played bad in the second half but there are coaching things that could have put him in better positions as well. And it just seemed like a, you know, like from the top down, it it just, it, it just did not feel like they had that same mentality yeah. they had the, the week before. And yeah. to be honest with you, I feel like sometimes this whole, you know, and I know there are differing opinions on playing Navy and, and sure. service academies and, and all this stuff. I do feel like, you know, and this goes back to Charlie Weiss, like there, there's almost like you don't, it's like you feel bad about having that same killer instinct or something when you're playing Navy right. as, as opposed to any other team. And you I wonder if I mean? that like, was part of You're no, trying absolutely. not to embarrass them or something. Right. And you're up 22 at halftime and you're like, okay, you know, we can take our foot off the gas and we can just kind of coast into this one. They're not really going to threaten us. It's okay. You know, that kind of thing. I hope that wasn't the attitude, but I would not be overly surprised if that was the case. Right. You know, and, and, you know, <laughs> Stymie's talking about the 12 minute drive to open the half. That, that hurt Navy more than it helped them because they could have used that time at the end of the game. That, yeah, um, that ended up being in Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's favor, especially really when they did. had to settle for the field goal. Like if yeah. they had scored a touchdown, if they had scored a touchdown there instead of a field goal, Notre Dame's going to lose the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I, so I thank them for taking that long yeah. drive. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And so there are, I, I feel like that was probably part of it. It's like, we don't want to, we don't want to embarrass the Naval Academy on veterans day weekend. And you know, all of these different things on their home, it's not their home field, but it's their home game. You right. know what I mean? It's and their so, backyard. It's still Maryland. Right. And, you know, they're you don't right there beat them by 50. Annapolis. Yeah. Okay, fine. But you still have to control the game with your offense, right? Yes. You still you can't allow them to do what they did offensively. You can't allow them to do what they did defensively. You know that's not an excuse. And once you realize that your offense is struggling, you need to change it and go back to what you were doing. And that's it. Two series, 
two series of what you saw, right. there had to be some changes afterwards. Right. And there, you know, and, and there had to be more of those conversations about, okay, this is what we've got to do. You know, we've, you know, right. Whether it's get it out quick or whatever it happens to be. Yes. Two series like that, and there have to be some serious adjustments. Agreed. But you didn't see those adjustments. You just right. kept seeing basically the same thing. Now, again, like there were RPOs where Drew Pine was handing off when the read said you need to pass it. And, and and that's the biggest thing with Drew Pine is like, I, it still feels like he second guesses himself a lot. You know, like he didn't, he obviously didn't, didn't do it as much in the second half or the first half. So why he did it in the second half is kind of a head scratcher. But sure. I, again, I, I think it comes down to like, maybe he's sped up and all the pressure that he's seeing and, you know, from Navy and, and that kind of thing. But it's just, it's it's hard to say a win is a win. You know, at the end of the day, yes, it goes in the win column. But for what you want this season to end up being, you need to show that you can stack good on top of good yes. continually. And especially, you need to show that you're not just getting up for the good teams on the schedule, that you're mm -hmm. getting up for everybody week in and week out. Absolutely. And that, quite honestly, you know, again, for a half they showed that, but then they didn't have that instinct in the second half. So that to me, it's like, you know, uh, not a complete no show, but it's pretty close to it. When you let things get as close as they were, when you easily, I think, as you said, could have scored 50 points out there. Yes, absolutely. Correct. And it is, you know, five drives and you're, you're, you're not even in double digit yards. Like that's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just, you can't, you can't operate like that and you can do it for two. Okay, fine. But then your next three, they better be something different because you had six drives in the first half. And if groupie doesn't miss that field goal, you score on all six drives. Like you can't go from that to, you can't go touchdown, 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 field goal attempt, touchdown, touchdown, right. To punt interception, punt, punt, punt. And then the game's over. Like you can't do that. You can't do that and be like I. We we were all saying, hey, we, you know, we're gonna see what happens in this game. You know, can they get up for a lesser opponent? And you know, can they? Are they gonna sleepwalk through this game because of the Clemson game? You know, blah blah blah. All this stuff, right? In the first half, we're like, questions answered. Yeah, no problem. Notre Dame yeah. came out, man, and they're doing their thing, and it's great. And you know, everything's awesome. It's like that song in the from the Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Like everything was great. <laughs> And then it's like they just didn't show up in the second half, the coaches or the players. And yeah. that's you can't you cannot be a title contending team and not be consistent. And they yeah. were not consistent in any way. Well, Michael says JD Bertrand and Brandon Joseph are out. You're right. That didn't affect them that much in the first half. But and two, they don't play offense. Two, they don't play offense. <laughs> yeah. And we're we're you know, again, we said at the top of this show that defense I can forgive to an extent especially when the offense is giving them nothing in the second half and you've got to defend the triple option total one off when you're facing the triple option your your whole goal as the defense is to limit them as much as possible put it behind you move on you don't have to face them again I guess now it's like eight months from now since they open up the season against them next year but and honestly I think that that is for the best as well I like opening up the season against them because you can devote more time in the offseason to the triple option you go into the season then as soon as you play it boom you put it behind you and it's done yeah you move on 
But I love playing yeah. them in game one. I mean, that's that yeah. that goes without saying. I would love to play Navy in game one. There's no good place in your schedule to put Navy, maybe coming off of a bye, so you can spend a little bit extra time on the you know the triple option and all that. End of the day, just doesn't matter. You're a better team than them. You should yeah. have blown the doors off of them like you did in the first half. Yep. Second, there's no excuse for the second half. Nope, not at all. Watching the Navy game, you know, to Mike's point about being boring, it, uh, I don't know about boring. It's like it's it's boring when Notre Dame does dominate, but it's it's just like there's just always that uneasy feeling, <laughs> you know, when you when you're watching that game, especially as it gets close, and then you're watching that Saturday. I'm glad I didn't have to watch that in real time. I watched the entire first half. Things were good. Got yeah. on a bus. Went to the arena for the women's basketball game. And then, you know, I'm like getting these texts. What's going on? And I'm like, I'm at a basketball game. Don't ask me right now. <laughs> you know, and so then I get home and, you know, I can fast forward through through all the mess. It's just, it is, as John says, this is it. It's it's just stressful. It's like you're, you're kind of on the edge of your seat. You know, you're waiting sure. to see how it's going to go. Yeah. And I will say this, I person, and I know Brian will have the complete opposite opinion of me. I like watching the triple option. I enjoy watching the triple option hmm. because you need all 11 guys doing the right thing. And then that's, that's football in general, but it's an underdog offense. It is, I, I, it's a smart person's offense. Frankly, you have to be smart at almost every position in order to run the offense correctly. And I love it. I, I think when it's done correctly, it is poetry in motion. And I'm sorry if people can't appreciate that. I appreciate sure. the triple option. Yeah. Personally. But, I mean, you know, again, I, I don't want to get into a critique of the defense, but, you know, there were missed assignments I, and I mean, you know, the yeah, way I mean, they were attacking it and, you know, some different stuff yes, like that. there were issues. There were coaching issues. There were execution issues. It, it, is, it is kind of hilarious when you think about it that – Bob Davey and Tyrone Willingham, both undefeated against Navy's triple option. At Notre Dame, anyway. I don't know if Tyrone faced him, you know, when he went someplace, you know, when he was either at Stanford or Washington. Hey, undefeated. Just saying. Just yep. saying Marcus Freeman's undefeated, too. That's right. That's right. Started off 1-0. Just saying. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.